I'm Tom Saunders, getting through this in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Scott Blakeman in Manhattan. And yesterday I set up my TV antenna. And no, I don't live in 1965 when that was the only way to watch the six available channels. I am a modern man of the year 2020 who has cut the cord of cable but still desires the local color of his local television station. So thanks to the good people at Channel Master, I purchased a flat HD antenna that provides several local digital channels. The rabbit ears that had to be adjusted just so to get good reception, well, they're a thing of the past. But this new fangled antenna, it's the size of a small placemat, and it fixes to my window to bring in television signals from up to 35 miles away. And the most of all, this antenna provides a digital quality picture superior to that of cable and streaming services. Since uh, any of the channels only show vintage television programs, well, I feel like I'm back in 1965, except the reception is even better than ever. Scotty, I hope you heard me saying ooh and ah uh, yes. when you were uh, reciting the astonishing statistics of this newfangled antenna, as you put it. Scotty, no generation will ever appreciate the grit and ingenuity once required just to watch a grainy black and white image in the mid-1960s. You see, we lived in what was called the far north suburb of Chicago, Libertyville, and while we were only 35 miles from the loop, sometimes the reception was as if we lived in Kankakee, <laughs> meaning blurry, requiring deft manipulation of those rabbit ears of which you speak. Cable TV? <laughs> That was what my cousin who lived in rural Oregon needed just uh, to get the two channels of local TV from not close enough Boise, Idaho. I felt sorry for him, Scotty. Mm -hmm. Cable TV was for country folk. Of course, adjusting outdoor antennas certainly did result in tragedy on occasion. And as a plus positive person, I really should be thrilled that I've never fell from our sharp roof while adjusting the roof antenna. But when you uttered the magic word placemat as a way to size your antenna, well, that took me back to a time when my job was to set the table for dinner for our family. Placemats were what we used under our plates and silverware and paper napkins. But I can now say with utter truthfulness, something that would have astonished even 14-year-old me. I have been living without placemats for years and years. I've been getting by. No waking up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat thinking, oh my God, it's been years since I've eaten dinner with my plate on a placemat. Oh, if I'm a restaurant and a placemat might lie underneath the plate, I won't say to the waiter, sir, I don't use placemats. Please take it away. I love the, the paper placemats at diners that offer fun quizzes and helpful facts about the, the local neighborhood. And I especially enjoy the small space local ads that trumpet the fine merchants and service providers in that diner's proximity. Now, as far as my small rubber placemat <laughs> flat antenna, once I fix it to the window, it need never be adjusted again, except when it falls off like it did once last night. Oh, my goodness. Well... Scotty, this is one of those dual topics that present us with a dilemma, we in the podcast business. Do we, do we return to the world of placemats or take a deep dive into the history of the TV antenna? Oh, in a perfect world, we could do both. 
But if I, I think if I had to live with without one of those, it would be placemats, Scotty. True. Placemats have never caused injury that antennas have. No one ever fell off their roof adjusting their placemat. And antennas don't come with ads for local attractions and fun spots. I, I will admit that. Although antennas do, as you say, facilitate local television advertising. So that's a wash. And we live in an age of cable, satellite, and Wi-Fi. There are those who regard antennas as being, well, of another time when folks amuse each other with water at the water cooler, quoting Howdy Doody. But when you think about it, Antennas are more amazing than placemats, Scotty. How do some aluminum rods capture invisible waves in the air and magically turn them into image and sound? Thrilling moments from the world of sports, the latest news bulletins, comedies, dramas, musical concerts, and more. Not even the finest placemat can do that. No, Tommy, and the technological advances that have turned ungainly and unreliable rabbit ears into a space-age flat rubber placemat of an antenna that is also a sleek fashion statement, well, it makes it a modern throwback product. I mean, when was the last time anyone actually used the television remote to change channels? Yes, I do. And it only costs $10. Many of these digital channels have names like Decades, Retro TV, and Buzzer, which shows only vintage game shows. Yesterday, I watched the old soap opera, The Doctors, in black and white. But as the live NBC announcer intoned over the credits, stay tuned for another world in color. Oh, Scotty, that, that puts me to mind of a time when NBC would advertise their programming, not just in color, but in living color. Never color of the dead. Yeah. When I was a child, I, I longed for a color, a living color television show. Shows like Batman and Get Smart shocked the eyes with flaming reds clashing violently with neon greens. I put my face up to the screen so my eyeballs could drink in every pixel. <laughs> yes, yes, it caused headaches, but it was the good kind of headache. Now, mind you, Scotty, I love old black and white movies, and I don't mind at all when younger people complain that the only thing they don't like about black and white movies is the lack of color. <laughs> well, Tommy, you know, to, for, to explain to people who may not totally understand what but this magical uh, breakthrough, it's actually the modern breakthrough that's set in the past. But our friend George Kalfa and a couple of other friends said, you know, if you want to cut the cord, which I do. Now, of course, if you have the full cable, you don't need to worry about local channels. It's all there. But I decided to, uh, I did have Hulu Live, and I just decided to get away from that in the sixty-four ninety-nine price tag a month and uh i thought let me get this antenna and amazingly to me i actually set it up because i have a fear of setting it up even when they go it's so easy anyone can do it i fear that because that puts me in worse of a spot but i managed yeah. to attach the 12 foot coaxial cable to the television where, where it says antenna in which is amazing because many people have never heard of an antenna and yet right. televisions have it. And you, and it is Tommy, it's not aluminum. It's rubber. Used to yeah. It used to. Yes. It is a rubber square. You wouldn't know. Uh, and it's, that's what it is. And it's pointed to the many it's uh, a rubber, towers. Uh, uh, antenna that you put on your window. Yeah. Oh, you, uh, yeah. yeah. I just want to also, uh, that's a lot to unpack there, Scotty. Uh, uh, but getting back to your uh, name droppage of George Kalfa, a lot of listeners who might not be familiar with George might uh, assume from the, what you're saying that uh, George Kalfa is, is a tech visionary. 
that's, uh, that he is, uh, uh, that, that all he does is, is um, tell companies how to, to uh, 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 update their tech world. But that's actually, it's a, the story is more interesting than that about George. Well, uh, yeah, he's really just a humble citizen who has really no tech background other than finding out good things to do to do at low cost. He's actually very skilled in many areas and music and all that for films. But but this is well, something we can he, say all that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but music is quite a big, a big thing to be, uh, 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 you know, knowledgeable about. Oh, yes. Well, he's composed. So how and, did he have uh, time uh, left so, over to be a tech visionary? Yes. Well, he's uh, well, that's the thing. You don't have to be a tech visionary to just come up with this, uh, just a good idea. And he uncovered this. Uh, and said, hey, you, you can, can get these great channels. Uh, well, so that's a great, that that makes us all, you know, uh, we, we, we heard, you know, we, we're all, every all the eyes are on, um, uh, what's the Musk, uh, the, the, the- Elon uh, Musk. Uh, Elon uh, Musk. Yeah. Uh, forgot the name Elon for a second. I'll, I'll never do that again. And I, as far as I know, he's the only Elon who's famous, right? Well, I Elon. do. Uh, there's a comedian, Elon Gold, who I know, and, and he's... Oh, so, see, that's why I ask you. I, yeah, if, if I mean, they're, they're the only two. Of Elon, they're the be, only two yeah. of any uh, notoriety, uh, any fame. Yes, as as well, one know. is a somewhat greater notoriety than the other. Um, but um, uh, but uh, this, uh, the... the uh, well, the, Tommy, the I, thing I, is that incredibly... That's, but to, again, so this is what... And I did mention TV remote. And that's something, again, you, when you visit someone's house generally and they, oh, watch TV. And let me explain the remotes, because there's usually a bowl of six remotes. In the old days, you had the remote. You didn't have the remote. You just went walked up to the television and had to adjust it, the antenna anyway. So why not change the rotary wheel channel, whatever you call it? But, but yeah. this is literally a chance to use the remote that comes with the television. You turn it on and there's no, oh, now you got to turn the cabling. Now you have to turn the Roku. No. And you flick through it, and it's digital channel. So you get 4.1, 4.2, and you get the regular NBC local. But then NBC has another channel stuck in there somewhere, and things That's you don't. Amazing. Know. So there's these new channels that are in the air, and and also how what wizardry if you think about it, uh, cable uh, cables actually seem like a step backwards from antenna, but now. Uh, uh, although I'll admit that satellite is uh, a step into the future, but antennas are remarkable, even though, again, this is us going in, into the past to find the future. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, I think what you've um, brought to to light right now, Scotty, and again, I, oh, I would <laughs> I'd be astonished if any other podcast dared to even take on this topic. But you brought to light the fact that antennas are amazing mysterious and futuristic how do they turn invisible nothing we don't even see these waves normal and they turn them they grab them out of the air yeah and turn them into uh, uh wonderful programming like another world well in and yeah, yeah incredibly or in color yeah well incredibly uh, yeah because if you go back to those old antennas they were just these sticks of aluminum and again rabbit ears you had to sort of play around with it. that was sort of the fun well channel seven that'll come in fine but but four you got to play with it you had a different strategy yeah that's right for each channel that was... you know the two you have to do it like this seven is this because you literally were tilting to the skies and trying to find oh. a signal 
yeah. and it was a very participatory thing. Now you're back on the couch, whatever, with your beers and everything, and people uh, they never There's think about problem. it. You know, just they, exactly, you know. And it's a problem. You call up the cable company, and it's a nightmare. You never used to call up the antenna company <laughs> to fix, you know, to adjust the antenna. But the the uh, yeah, so. And, and I'm looking at one of these um, channel selectors that come with uh, DirecTV, and there's all these things that you don't really use, actually, uh, um, like uh, kind of buttons you don't really know what they're for. Yeah. Dash. What is, what's the point of dash? And preve. <laughs> and then these multicolored buttons that you never use. Scotty, our life has become so, so complex that we are not even specialists in managing our own life we need specialists to help us operate our our uh, our remotes and what you're doing really scotty you're cutting the as you say cutting the cord you're going back to a well a more i don't want to say primitive but let's just say a, a more back to earth kind of a life in a way aren't you sort of like the people that go off the grid and live in a a a, a, um, a grass Hut? Well, that would you can't get a, any reception in a grass hut. So I would say I'm a step above that. No, Tommy, I just want to um, really try to get the most viewing options I can at the least cost. And surely, and again, not to I've had I've been a man of cable up until two days ago, uh, where I had all those challenges there. There was no separate mechanism I needed. And to those who have it, like yourself, it's a great world. And perhaps I'll go back to it someday. But the thought that you could, well, in a way, Tommy, it's putting a, a thumb in the eye of the man, not in a serious way that would damage the eye in any way. And I was trying to think of something that didn't involve the eye, but, you know, sticking it, sticking it to the man. Put it I, I that would way. never want to do that. that let's just, uh, yeah. first, I mean, let's, let's drill down on that quickly, because I'm glad you feel the same way. Yeah. I'm racing around, by the way, you might hear some doors slamming because I'm I'm uh, I'm grabbing remotes just just as uh, props for this podcast. Uh, but um, Scotty, uh, the idea that uh, you're sticking, you know, sticking your thumb in the eye of the man and I don't care how how bad the man is or how powerful or how much he's abused his power. But the idea of sticking your thumb in anybody's eye. Oh, yeah. First of all, you know, that just uh, there's got to be another way. Well, as that... I was saying it, I don't think that's even the expression. So it's really pointless if it was the expression. I could have said it, and then we could have said that. That's not a good expression, but I don't even think that's the expression. But I think stick it to the man. I think it is. But that's more general. Oh, maybe you could thumb your nose at someone, but that's a different. That's a different thing. That no, that's fine. Now I think you also came up with another uh, point that, again, I don't think a lot of people realize when, uh, you know, because a lot of people are trying to to un, you know, pull the plug on, you know, and go off the grid. But what you're saying is if it, it don't do, fall for that uh, rookie mistake of go when you go off the grid to build a grass hut, because, as you say, the reception is not as good in grass hut. Oh, nothing. That's is, yeah. Well, there's no running water or toilets, which also, I think, sets you back. So, no, this is really living in this. So that's another world. that's yeah. another issue about grass. Oh, huts, yeah. Is that yeah. They just don't have like you couldn't imagine a grass hut with modern plumbing because it would get wet. You're right. It would yeah. somehow get wet and just. Although that would and, be a great smell bad. invention if you could come up with a grass hut that is a grass hut, but inside it's stainless steel kitchen appliances. And, yeah. you know, so that would be a great coup. That would be, that's a nice grass hut. So it's inside, it's got all the, and it does have, maybe it does have a, a, a powerful antenna or maybe it just has satellite, a satellite dish. But 
I guess the other thing I worry about grass huts is just that it will blow away. Like yeah. I just wouldn't feel that that would be. No, my... I'd be worried more about getting Channel Seven. I'd be worried about yeah my existence. <laughs> and also though, Tommy. But I hasten to add that yeah. we don't have any negative opinions about grass skirts though. Oh no no. That's no. all positive, and there's no no downside on the grass skirts. Uh, whoever may be wearing them, and uh, yeah, well, well yeah, it, it, it's it's sort of that thing like well, you know I don't see a lot of grass skirts here in the Palisades. No, nor in Manhattan. No. I've noticed that, um, or, or for that matter, grass skirt and and jacket combos. You know, for business <laughs> no, apparel. No, it, I haven't seen that. I, I would have expect probably I would see that first. Is yeah, the grass. You know, with the jacket. And this skirt that goes down to appropriate length, you know, uh, for um, working in a law firm. Or yeah, well, you like need that. that length for, for that. Yeah, no, I haven't, haven't seen that. But, you know, Tommy, my fascination with, uh, yeah. well, you, again, the satellite. Now, you have DirecTV, and it, it is a satellite, but the true satellite. And talk about mar marveling and the wonder. Back in the early days, I remember the great Mort Saul, uh, who's yeah. happily still with us, the, the greats of comedy. He would talk about, he had had an L.A., a satellite dish and he could watch the New York evening news with Walter Cronkite. Uh, well, at three 30. So he would actually, uh, because he's getting the New York feed, he had a, you know, didn't have to wait. Although the, I always remember the L, the CBS evening news, Western edition with the late Terry Drinkwater. I'll never <laughs> forget that. And, uh, that was to me so exciting that people live in California. You got a special edition like, so yeah. it was 9.30 here and the, the news was breaking. We're doing a yeah. new one for L.A. And I never could see that except when I was out in L.A. So these were things. Yeah, it must have been a thrill. Oh, the first incredible. You saw. But yeah, sometimes they'll do that. Uh, even on regular news shows, they'll have a, uh, and this for our uh, Los Angeles viewers and, and some sort of update that the New York uh, uh, viewers are not privy to because yeah. they're busy watching primetime programming yeah. and they're living in complete ignorance of the <laughs> knowledge that we Californians have. So it's a big responsibility and it's a kind of a burden. Well, I always think about it. Then you feel like, yeah. should I call up New York and tell them what's up? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know. So you're ahead of the game. I always feel that the anchors too, like normally, you know, whoever finishes the Nora O'Donnell, that's it. Good night. It's seven o'clock. She's finished. But then no, what if she has to do Three hours later, something for the L.A. market or something. Does she go right home? Does she have dinner? Can she, does she have I worry about that, too. Yeah. Scotty. Yeah. I worry about that, too. I, I and, and then on election night, oh. they have to sit around. And, yeah. and uh, that guy, uh, Steve Kornacki, how he went without sleep. For days. days. John King, also on CNN, who said he oh, got and six I and a half hours more. sleep. He's, he's a little he's getting up there, John. King. Yeah. But so six I, and a half hours sleep over the course of three days. Of, I, I, if I do that once. I get knocked out, and that's just yeah. I would still be crabby if I did that. Oh yeah, I mean he never broke. I would still be crabby. Yeah, he never. There was no moment that I saw John King going like, uh, "Oh, let's see. Oh, this map isn't working." You know, something he never snapped at the map. <laughs> Here's let's look at Philadelphia for the millionth time. Let's look at this county, even though it doesn't really matter. I don't know why I'm doing this, going back and forth. What's the point of it? He could have, and if he'd done it, he I would have totally understood. He could have gotten crabby, and he never did. No, never, I never. I got crabby just watching the election returns, yeah. and um, well, crabby and happy because once they ultimately, started, yeah, ultimately. But yeah, but John hey. King, in addition to his skill at that, again, 
to keep his uh, calm and, and demeanor. Yeah. And even if you were well, he acted like he was so well rested and having eight hours sleep a night when he had eight less than eight the whole week. So I tip my well, uh, mat that is to him. Very impressive. Yeah. I will say now, on the other hand, Steve on another network, Steve Kernack. Yes. Uh, on MSNBC, he he was doing it, and he was super cheerful. You know, he's never. He always had a kind of a like a, a, a good natured expression on his face. And he also never said, you know what, you know, let's not go to the big board. It's just going to be more of the same. And no, we don't even know what's what the returns are for 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 Louisiana. We don't know what the returns are for Louisiana. We don't have that. You know, yeah, no, he said, I'm going to oh, I don't have I want to eat something now. I want to have a nice meal. No, never. And because they're excited to be on television. Yeah, like, go, go over to him and then, yeah, he's just eating. He's going, what? Well, Steve, we were going to go to you for the big board results. And he's and he's still chowing down. And 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 then he just throws his food down. Yeah. And gets up. No, I mean, this... And goes over. <laughs> it's like, and, I, and I'm picturing it wouldn't even be great. It'd be like, you know, take out food, you know, oh, yeah. from something, from Wendy's or something like that. And he just throws it down. And gets up and goes to the board and just starts smacking at different states. Yeah, they're doing well. They're doing well. Ah, oh, it's going up. Yeah, yeah. no, and that can easily that happen. happen. Most, what I'm saying is that never yeah, happens. People do that in everyday life for far less. And so we, we, we admire them for that. And, and getting back, though, to the, this world of, again, you have a satellite dish of a different kind. Uh, Harry Shearer would always do on his shows that he had a satellite dish, which you actually in those days, and perhaps you could still get one, that you would literally maneuver and point it to, there were stations at 90 degrees left latitude. I don't even know what any of that means. And you would somehow not getting on the roof, but you could actually steer the satellite dish in your home and find far flung channels. And I always thought, wow, that would just be the most amazing well, thing. That, yeah, it is. Actually, also, I mean, Harry Shearer did this. Uh, he got the feeds of the network, which for those that don't know, uh, let's say when Ronald Reagan would be making a speech and that could apply to any president, uh, there's a feed going before the speech starts. And there was a classic one where Reagan said, uh, joking, hilariously, uh, we bomb Russia uh, in, in five minutes. Yeah, he said communism is now against the law and we bomb Russia in five minutes. Now, what happened next, Scotty? Uh, there was scrambling. They, the jets were scrambling. There was like a major, major, major uh, maneuvers happening. Oh, in, I did not know that. Uh, the military, yeah. Uh, Rachel Maddow did that story <laughs> uh, um, up front. It was something about uh, she wanted to make a point about uh, Trump, of course. But this was uh, a, a historic look back at that particular incident where he was just joking. And, and he wasn't even on the air yet, but they were. He was not on the yeah. air, but but um, uh, everything was being monitored by the Pentagon or something <laughs> like that. And what happened was this huge. And we had to, you know, uh, contact Russia and no, it's not really happening. And there was all this stuff that nobody knows about that went on because of that joke. So, Scotty, you know, we don't we are men of jokes, men of comedy, uh, not, uh, but we don't. That's the type of comedy I don't think either one of us would do. Uh, like, no. Can you imagine being in a situation like that? Uh, I can easily imagine being president. <laughs> and doing a speech to the nation. I mean, that, that obviously that, yeah. but no, we always say to me, do no harm, uh, create laughter and merriment, but yes, never do create harm. So yes, why would you, you're not going to, it's the comedy equivalent of yelling fire in a crowded theater. Why would you 
uh, do that. So, yeah. uh, you know, you could say things certainly. By the way, can you, well, you yeah. can well fire in an empty theater, right? That's fine. Right? <laughs> uh, as long as literally you're the only one there. Yeah. Well, you could say yeah, that. you're literally the only one yeah. there. You really made sure that you're the only, only one, one there. there. You could yell, you could even yell other whatever you want. Like, I hate theaters. Theater, or I, I don't. What? Yeah. You could, uh, anything you wouldn't normally <laughs> say. Because then if, you, if somebody was there, they'd go, hey, buddy. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> if you don't like theaters, then get the heck out of here. What well, you don't need to be here. But if you're by yourself, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, that's the right. perk of no, being I, by yourself. I, I, it's interesting. It's interesting to note, note that because we do hear often about how it's bad to yell fire in a crowded theater. If if there's no fire, by the way, if there is a fire, oh yeah, you know what do you do? You still yell, then you can yell fire. Um, but uh, uh, that being said, so so what you so we don't. Uh, approve of any kind of hijinks that causes uh, our uh, uh, NORAD system to scramble jets. No. Do, they, do we still have a NORAD system? I don't even I think know. They, I think they have all that still. Uh, and then these bunkers and things. And uh, yeah. I think they do. And, like, you know, um, Failsafe was an amazing movie. I could watch that over and over again. And, uh, and we've learned nothing from it, but it was a, but a great uh, film, but it's interesting because you know normally Ronald Reagan or any president, you would applaud uh, a sense of humor. But like Barack Obama, who I think, in addition to being a great uh, president, yeah. uh, was is hilarious and has chops, uh, not for a president, but uh, as a comedian. And he never did that. He never, did no. he never went for the joke, and that caused the scrambling of jets. He never did that. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that kind of comedy. There's no place for comedy that causes scrambling of jets no. <laughs> at no. near World War Three. There's no place for that in, and, and we believe in comedy. Uh, uh, and I, I hope, if nothing else, we put across our, our. You know, we're on the side of comedy oh, yeah. in general. We're not trying to say let's not have any more jokes because Ro Ronald Reagan ruined it forever. <laughs> And he just didn't say, he, yeah, he was just having fun and probably loosening up as a little actor. Oh, I like to kind of on the set, I'll just say a joke, sometimes an off color one, just to loosen me up, you know, and but yeah. he didn't realize what that would entail. Now, by the same token, but yes, we're saying we're pro humor, yeah. but just not when it entails scrambling of jets. That, that's what we're saying. Uh, and also, yeah, it's like you can avoid that, that that kind of near World War Three moment. Yeah, no matter how good the joke is, that's that's the thing. No matter how good the joke is, right. It doesn't matter. I mean, and it, and it better be really damn. If, you, if your joke is going to cause World War Three, it better be hilarious. Yeah, if you're going to go, I can't believe a joke caused World War III. Let me tell you the joke. And you go, oh, that actually is a good joke. All right, okay, that, I can see that. You know, but then if you go, that's, that, no, that's a nothing joke. That's the joke yeah. that caused World War III. I can see a couple of guys, probably guys we know, having that argument going, no, no joke is worth World War III. Uh, don't agree. Don't agree. Great joke. <laughs> great line. Hilarious. Funny. Killed. <laughs> worth it. No, I, no, no. I, I really am going to just say it again. I don't think starting a war, no matter how good the joke is, yeah. and then you go back and forth, yeah. and, you know, and then you leave. No, you excuse yourself at some point. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, we're not like we're not wild eyed peacenik fanatics uh, uh, about let's just throw down our <laughs> arms and take off our clothes and run around in a circle uh, shouting, Kai, yi, 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 yi. <laughs> we're not that, that person. And, and by the same token, but, we're not anything for a laugh. So that's the, we're not, yeah, we're in laugh. the middle. That's, I guess that's what yeah. I'm saying. We're not anything for a laugh. 
and 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 uh, so yeah, let's not. Let, I think you know. I mean, if, if that's, I think that's something we could, again. I don't know how we don't get the Nobel Peace Prize. I don't think we've never told a joke. We've never said we've said a lot of hilarious things in our time. Yeah. I mean, side splittingly, uh, almost put you in. You know, uh, you know. I mean, maybe you should check. Have a doctor look at your uh, yeah, my pulse thing. Yeah. yeah. That you might put full thing. Yeah. We're that kind of, we're, we're, we are that kind of funny on, on a normal, but we will never, Scotty, we will never start a, another world war. No, or even a low, and we never have, no, never, we never have, have, never come close, and or a regional conflict. We haven't even said anything. Or, or a regional conflict. No, that's, that's true too. I mean, let's, yeah, uh, uh, that, I mean, yeah, as far as I know, we've never started a, even a regional conflict. <laughs> with our comedy and how does that not rate the Nobel peace prize? I mean, I, am I, is it? Well, me? no, Tommy, in fact, you made it easy for the Nobel people. You framed it beautifully. Uh, we believe in the value of laughter yet. We will never use laughter or go for a joke that will lead to a regional or a world war. I mean, that, if that's not the definition yeah. of the Nobel peace prize, I mean, really what is, and if Henry Kissinger yeah. win it, for not being funny at all and for being a warmonger, certainly we would be, I think, perfect for it. Yeah, we, we're obviously, obviously we're on the short list. I mean, that that I can- Well, now I'm almost running. feeling, Tommy. I mean, I've always thought, and we talk about it a lot, you know, I think we're in the running, yeah. we're a short list, but the way you put it just now, gosh, if that's, you know, and not even just being self-serving, it's like, wow, that's what we do. Isn't that what the award is yeah. for? So. Uh, let's from your ears and uh, that expression. Let's usually from your mouth yeah. to God's from ears. your mouth. Yeah. yeah, from your mouth to God's ears. And if you think about God's ears, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, just think of how big. They well, and he doesn't even like, need ears necessarily. She, whoever, you know, I mean, that's the whole thing. You're making it like some guy up there with the beard. Like, well, it was he listening <laughs> no. from his ears? No, he's. Got it. Look, he could be an antenna. He's like a flat HD antenna. He doesn't. That, that, you, you really have brought it around again. This is the second day in the row <laughs> where you brought it perfectly. Well, to the opening, uh, anecdote. So uh, God is in many ways like that flat screen. Antenna. Well, not even like Tommy. I don't want to just <laughs> jump to conclusions, but I know it was only ten dollars, but I don't know. <laughs> it's right there. We'll see. This could be a yeah. whole Twilight Zone we could bring back too. But um, but it is you know no it, it's it is a Twilight yeah. Zone. Because find out that God is your antenna. You know that's a great name for a. Book. It is or is doesn't it sound like that's a antenna. sermon that some of the TV evangelists say. God is your antenna. When you are fiddling with the rabbit ears to get your favorite program, you seek guidance. And so God, you know, I could see, you know, in yeah. the old days, they would. God know. is the television antenna to the world. Yeah, that probably was a sermon at one point. You could almost, it's, it's almost like speculative theology. Well, we are. And, 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 you know, that's, that was the great thing. Now they don't do it because, you know, un unlike us, they don't talk about antennas. But hopefully this podcast no, will bring it back in sermons and every other aspect of human existence. And so for now, Tommy, uh, as I look at my antenna and look forward to viewing programs from it later. I remain sincerely yours, Scott Blakeman. Well, I'm still Tom Saunders and we're getting through this.